0: 11 first Corinthians chapter 11 is where I want to go this morning because I want to talk to you about communion do we have communion or a communion service some people would say well it's a it's the first Sunday of the month so we're having a communion service But when I look at the first Sunday of the month, and I look at every time I get to have time with the Lord, I look at it as communion, having time to fellowship with Him. We could have just another communion service. The first communion service that we know about is with Jesus and His disciples, and it took place right before His crucifixion. Matter of fact, our Lord even gave instructions for this to continue. A communion service can become a formalistic, as we could say, In the body of Christ a monthly ritual if you don't truly see what Jesus has done for you and first Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23 it says for I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat the bread and ye drink the cup, ye show the Lord's death till he come. Whosoever, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the blood, should be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation unto himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another, And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye may not come together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I pray, God, that this morning you will speak to our hearts. Lord, that you would diligently have your way with us fathers we open our hearts and our ears father god to receive from you today lord let our let your words father not fall on deaf hearts but let our hearts be enriched and encouraged by your word in jesus name amen Amen. so this morning let's have communion the definition of communion according to the dictionary is a mutual sharing Of thoughts feelings fellowship this dimension of communion is like many Bible experiences like Adam and Eve and the Lord before the fall he walked and talked with them daily in the garden had a great time of fellowship with them can you imagine being Adam and Eve in the midst of the garden having The Lord God to walk with you in the cool of the day, to have communion with you, to talk with you in the cool of the day, and then to do something as foolish as to take something that was told to be left alone and to destroy that fellowship, to cause a whiff, so to speak. Then I think of Mary. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to words of wisdom that flowed from him. She absorbed everything that he had to say. Every time we pick up the word of God, what are we doing? We're listening to what the Lord God has to say to us. We're listening to the words of Jesus speak and minister to our hearts. And then we think of Moses and the burning bush. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2 and an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire and out of the midst of a bush and he took he looked and behold the bush burned with fire and the brush was not consumed and Moses said I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt and when he saw the Lord he turned aside to see God and God called out to him in the, out of the midst of the bush and said Moses, Moses and he said here am I and he was he telling him to draw nigh hither, put off thy shoes for the place that you stand is holy ground and then we see Jesus and Emmaus disciples in Luke chapter 24 verse 32 Where it states, the two disciples said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened the scriptures to us? You see what it says here, their hearts were burning during their conversation with Jesus along the Emmaus Road. You know, that's how our hearts should be. Every time that we're having conversation with the Lord, our hearts should be burning with desire to want to hear more from him, to want to grow closer to him, to want to get near to him in every way. But I want us to look today at why the Lord's table is called communion. Because I think sometimes we forget why we come together and why we have communion. I think mean, sometimes we just take it for granted. Well, we're going to have communion. I know what the scripture says about communion. But we're just going to have communion. We're just going to move on into something else. You see, at the cross, communion begins with God. And we see that in verses 23 through 25. The Lord's table was more than a meal. It's a message. This is my body, he says. This is my body sad thing today is many people call themselves Christians see communion as not important. Why many churches and we've been to a few where you've gone in on the first Sunday of the month they don't really have a time of prayer and so forth but they have communion set off to the side and so when you go in you just partake of communion then you go in and sit down. I think communion is so much more than that. It's so much more because it's a personal time that we get to commune with God, that we get to have this direct, meaningful fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we not need to not take communion so lightly. I think that when we pick up the bread and we pick up the cup, and partake I think we need to truly do what the Word God says and we need to think about that we need to examine ourselves we need to we need to understand what truly we're doing the word of Isaiah and Zechariah to be filled here was he was to be wounded for all of us and Isaiah 53 5 but he was wounded for our transgression he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of peace was upon him and his stri- by his strength we are healed how can an old testament person understand the idea of Christ dying for our sins actually bearing the punishment that we so deserve <clears throat> The sacrifices, the struggles, this idea. But nothing can kill the lamb. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is alive and well. They would look upon the pierced one in Zechariah 12.10 when he says, I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of the grace of the supplication and all that look upon me whom... They have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, as one mourneth only for his only son, and shall be in bitterness of him, as one in his bitterness of his firstborn. You know, Zechariah was was sharing with them this, this thing. The Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost 50 days after Christ's resurrection. But Zacharias calls the spirit of the of the Lord supplicate the grace of supplication it is the spirit who convicts us of sin reveals us to god's righteousness and judgment and 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 times you see we we have to come clean when we partake of communion we need to we need to be washed clean by the blood of jesus christ you see i think sometimes We as believers get lost in all of this. Well, yeah, I know I need to do that, but you know, I'm I'm, going to partake of communion when I get home tonight and I have my quiet time with the Lord. I'll make things straight. No. You've got to make things straight before communion is taken. Before that begins. You see, when the Lord comes, communion will be complete. Because he says in verse 26. For as often as you drink the bread. And you drink this cup. You show the Lord's death till he come." Today we walk by faith. Not by sight. Amen. Then faith will be lost in sight. Today we look at these symbols. And we think of the cross. Then we look at our Savior. And think of his love. The price that he has paid. To purchase us. And I say, glory to the Lamb because all of us have been bought by a, 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 a super price. We've been a price that no one else could pay. And today we take the bread in our hands, then we will take the bread of life. When I think of the bread, I think of Jesus as the bread of life. When we share the fruit of the vine, I think, man, this morning, I have partaken of the bread of life and I know that he's the true vine. And because of that, I can have this deep relationship with him. Mm -hmm. But see, it's the confession of sins. At the confession of sin, communion continues. We see that in verses 28 through 32. When he talks about examining ourselves. We've considered at the beginning. That the hope of the Christian life. Is is our Lord Jesus Christ. You look back at. Today at, at salvation with assurance. Knowing that he has washed you clean. He has erased every sin. In your heart and your life. And you look forward to meeting with great joy that's the hope of the church I don't know about you but I look forward to meeting him that's that's what I long for that's my hope that's what I lean upon day to day that's what gets me through from morning to night is the hope of my Lord Jesus Christ knowing that one day I'm going to be at his feet worshiping him But what about the in-between time? What about the now? You find yourself defeated by the tempter. Maybe you have been overcome by some sin. Maybe you're not living on the mountaintop. You feel like you're in the valley and you just can't get out. Maybe your devotional life is dull and non-existent. You've allowed the enemy to rob you of your time with him. Perhaps it is time. Perhaps it is time now for self-examination, self-judgment. For we're all sinners saved by grace. This is why we should prepare ourselves for communion. Through a healthy introspection, if you will. Confessing our sins. Resolving our differences with others. You see, these actions move the barriers that affect our relationship with Christ and with others. And these things, these barriers have to be removed. They have to be put aside in order to move forward. Because we know that the confession of sin restores communion. We see that in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If God is forgiven of our, of his, of our sins. Because of Christ's death on the cross. Then why must we confess our sins? Well. Admitting your sins and receiving Christ. Cleanses us. We are agreeing with our God. That our sin was, was truly. Our sin was bad. And we're willing to turn from it. Ensuring that we don't conceal our sins from him. And consequently from ourselves. Recognizing our tendencies to sin. But relying on his power to overcome it. Because what does he say? He's given us a way of escape. What will you confess to Christ before partaking of communion? What will you do to make this a real time of communion? You see, I think there are times that we miss the boat. You see, confession is supposed to free us to enjoy fellowship with Christ. It should ease our conscience and lighten our care. But some Christians don't understand how that works. They feel guilty that they have confessed the same sin over and over. And they wonder if they might have forgotten something. Other Christians believe God forgives them when they confess them. But if they die unconfessed sins, they will be forever lost. These Christians don't understand what it is to have true forgiveness. You see, forgiveness is a big part of the Christian life. That's why we're able to go to him over and over and over again. That's why he's always willing to forgive you over and over and over again. He's always willing. I always picture this. Even as a kid, I pictured this. <laughs> oh, there's his name again. David. Oh, look what he did today. He threw a stone in a car. Well, he back talked to his mother. And all these sins, they keep adding up. And I just picture this big blackboard with all these sins that Jesus keeps writing down and keeps track of. And then I say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. And what do I see him up there doing? Erasing that blackboard. Erasing all those sins. All those sins being thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. 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 You know what? Even if you do it again and you ask for forgiveness again, it's thrown into the He doesn't remember. Hallelujah. I am so thankful that I serve a God who doesn't remember my past sins. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not, now you know the world does. Oh, yeah. The world's always quick to throw it up in your face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never forgive it. But you know what? I don't care what the world thinks. I only have to care what Jesus thinks. Because he's the one that matters. In the end, he's the only one that's going to matter. Because my name is going to be in the Lamb's Book of Life. Why? Because I have asked for forgiveness. I have asked for the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, forgive me of all my sins, all my transgressions, right? So when I take partake of communion, I can, I can truly get into communion, knowing that his body was broken for me. If I was the only Christian on the earth, his body was broken for me. His blood was spilled out for me. But I know that's not the case. I see all of you here this morning, and I know that his body was broken for each one of you this morning. His blood was shed for each one of you this morning. He purchased all of us with a great price. That's why communion is so dear to me. That's why why it's so special to me. Because it helps me not to forget what he did for me. That's what you can say this morning when you partake of communion. And you're holding that bread, that element of bread in your hand. You're thinking, this. Represents the Lord's body. And this he broke for Karen. This he broke for Robert. This he broke for Melissa. For each one of us, church, his body was broken. And when I hold that fruit of the vine, the great juice, and I hold that and I think of the the, the New Testament, and his blood. His blood that was shed. For not just Phil, not just Doris, not just it, but for the whole world. His blood was shed. That's why we can get into communion. That's why communion is so special to us. So this morning, I want you to do something for me. Well, don't do it for me, because I can't help it. But do this for yourself. As you bow your hearts this morning, I want you to examine your heart. I want you to examine your heart this morning. And Ed's going to come, and he's going to serve you this morning. And We're going to ask that everybody wait until everybody's been served, and we're going we're to partake of communion together. But while we do that, I want you to examine your heart this morning as as we're told here. If there's something not right, church, I want to encourage you at this moment, make it right. Make it right. So that when you partake of communion this morning, it is truly being communion with the Lord.